This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Hello, and welcome to the Plugged In Podcast, where we talk with founders and CEOs in order to bring you the real stories of failures and triumphs, highs and lows they've experienced on their journey toward success. We will go in-depth with our guests to give you insights into how they have taken an idea from concept to realization, making those first key hires to building the right team, scaling revenues, how they overcame obstacles, and much more as we learn how they achieve success. This is the podcast that you want to subscribe to if you want to learn how to succeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to, to another episode of Plugged In. I'm Ellie Mandelbaum, an industry veteran who decided to do more than just listen to podcasts, but actually start one. It went to interview people much smarter than me. In this episode, we are speaking with Mayor Morgenstern, Israel's site lead at Dropbox. Prior to joining Dropbox, Mayor was the co-founder and VP of Engineering and Operations of CloudOn, a cloud-based file-sharing solutions startup that was acquired by Dropbox in 2015 for roughly about $100 million. Before that, he was system architecture manager at Cisco. It's very short and quick summarization. So, Mayor, welcome to the show, and I hope I covered somewhat. Um, if not, why don't you fill in some of the blanks on your background? Yeah, really, uh, nice to, to do this, and thank you for uh, inviting me. Uh, some background. So, I can start that uh, I've been like the, uh, studying in the Technion uh, Electrical Engineering as part of Academic Reserve uh, Program and uh, then went to the army. I served in uh, eight, uh, 200 for five years uh, in the, uh, obviously technical uh, roles. Um, after I left the army, um, well, it was uh, kind of like I was thinking uh, my career, what's to do, big company, smaller company, uh, software, uh, chief design, and I landed in um, a startup uh, named uh, NiceCom, which was um, uh, founded by uh, 800 uh, 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 people and uh, I've, I've decided at that point to go for the software path uh, for my career um, and that was very uh, interesting experience, very intensive uh, one uh, we had um, rebuilding at a time and a solution for backbone for enterprise that was based on ATM technology. That was about the time of gigabit internet uh, still uh, uh, on the drawing board. And uh, that was pretty successful. Um, and relatively shortly afterwards, I think after one year I've been there, we've been acquired by Tricom and uh, spent a couple of years in Tricom as we grew the uh, Tricom site, which was built on NiceCom in Israel mm-hmm. uh, pretty significantly. Uh, so spent there a couple of years in leading software teams, um, and then move on uh, to another startup. Uh, this time uh, uh, it was a startup called uh, Pcube, okay, which is which is was working on um, again a networking uh, solution. This time a traffic engineering uh, one, which is. Um, Policing traffic in the network based on classification of uh, uh, tra- uh, network applications and uh, technologies called uh, deep packet inspection. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been doing there again software management, software development, and architecture roles. Uh, again, great team. I think very, uh, very ambitious uh, product. 
Um, and we, after I think four and a half years or something like this, we've been acquired by Cisco. So, so that's really two companies you yeah. went, two acquisitions <laughs> yeah. that you went through. I was not the founder there, but uh, yeah, we have been going to the second acquisition this time for Cisco. How, how big were the companies, right? So you, you joined as a software, I mean, you focus on software. Uh, that's, yeah. I mean, so but both company was a networking, uh, and that time uh, were uh, both uh, software and hardware. It was mm-hmm. assistance, you know, mm-hmm. building everything. Actually, building like ASIC uh, uh, programmatic uh, uh, xilings or kind of like FPGA technology, and obviously software. So building systems for networking. Mm-hmm. And, and and you know, what did you learn from those jobs? Right? Did something that. You know, stated with you, you know that you made an impression on you to to till today. Um, as I said, I think that the um, both uh, Nisco and Pikiver were extremely uh, uh, interesting and you know educating experiences. Uh, specifically in Nisco, uh, I've seen that. Uh, which was pretty amazing. And I think in one year we managed to build two different devices, systems, uh, assist, a system that consists of both the edge device and the, the switch, all the software, and actually get to deploy the first deployment in, in, for, in customers' uh, networks. Uh, and that was, I think, an amazing, uh, in terms of the amount of things that we managed to do in one year. Or one and yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. So I think I, I, it, it showed me that um, you know if you have a small team, very strong people, very uh, strong leadership, you just can achieve a lot, uh, amazingly a lot in uh, um, in, in in short time. Um, so I think that was the uh, what I learned from Nicecom. I think in PCube the it was a, a very ambitious product. Uh, we actually looked at this as a, a kind of a networking computer system that you can program with mm. a, a language that uh, enables you to program the device to different applications. So very ambitious uh, a, a product and solution. And I think what was interesting there is that we had uh, definitely a great technology but we still were looking a little bit for what the problem we want to solve. And uh, I, I kind of like see this uh, and later in my career, um, the, the kind of like having a great technology and hey, what's the problem that you're solving? And then the problem came. It was uh, peer-to-peer and network was <laughs> rising, rising and our solution started to be used in order to control this. And also, uh, you know, it was like nice to see that it started in the uh, far east, Japan, where yeah. you know the traffic is. Uh, they got like uh, uh, pipes that are internet pipes, or for the for at that time that were like you know by far more than the Western world. Mm-hmm. So they had problems, and, and they started to to understand the the value of our product. And another thing that was interesting that happened and that was actually leading for the cloud on startup is that. Uh, when we were already in uh, Cisco, back then in 2007, 8, 9, mm-hmm. after the uh, launch of the iPhone, um, uh, we started to see, again, the same device that developing uh, PQ. Uh, 
we started to see the rise of the mobile internet. So you could see on the network that something big is happening uh, because all these carrier, big US carriers were you know, getting into, oh, what's this? My tra- the traffic is, is, is multiplying like by factors every, you know, every quarter and we need to control this. We need to do one, something. We need to increase. And you, and, you, and you were able to see that. And we were able to see this. We were Cisco at the time. Yeah. So we were talking with, we were not talking. We were selling to mm-hmm. anyone that it was big. We were seeing this. And for me, it was like, wow, this mobile thing is. It's taking off. Big. It's like iPhone was probably the killer app for the 3G technology mm-hmm. uh, that was like. People talked about 3G a lot of time, but iPhone was driving the traffic, and it was fantastic to see this. And that's, for me and my co-founder, who was based in the U.S., it's not Israeli. It was like, oh, we need to do something in mobile, because it's so uh, in uh, the, the Bay Area. And we had an office for PQ there. And when we joined Cisco, uh, it was continuing, obviously, to work uh, as a, in a functional product in our team at, at Cisco, and we were like collaborating a lot. Uh, my team... Was responsible for system architecture, mm-hmm. so we worked a lot with his team, the product team, and uh, we had a lot of uh, uh, interactions. So. so that's a good lead, right? So you, you know, you, you're seeing at Cisco, you're seeing that the, the usage on mobile is just pretty much going through the roof, right? It's yeah. growing every quarter by really astronomical numbers, and the iPhone really did change. Sure. You know, shifted everything from everything was desktop before. I mean, we had phones, but nothing. The iPhone back in 2007 really was able to utilize it a lot more. And again, this is well beyond the Palm Pilot which and the BlackBerry, which were the two predominantly big technologies yeah. that were there. It's, it's important to say that when I worked in uh, 3Com, 3Com acquired, uh, merged with, uh, with uh, US Robotics, I think, and US Robotics on Palm. <laughs> so I know Palm from that day as well. But yeah, Palm was not, I think, a device that was actually with that level of connectivity. It was interesting device, great device, but it cannot like it didn't like had all the you know the the it wasn't ingredients. A, it wasn't a platform. I mean, it that's wasn't a platform, it wasn't a platform. Yeah. yeah. And so okay, so you know, so but why did you go into the productivity side of things, right? So you're seeing everything, but it's you know, getting cloud on for people is just explain to them what to them what it was. Sure. So okay, so it's it's it has like um, we had like uh, a, you know this vision of doing something in mobile. Uh, we've been like uh, get together to we get to know our third co-founder um, uh, and we kind of like he brought uh, with him uh, an idea for uh, uh, doing streaming of apps using an advanced streaming protocol and we started actually not in mobile we, we took a build upon this something that was more like, hey, let's build a marketplace for application in the cloud and stream them to devices, whatever, like, uh, could be a desktop, etc. Where our thinking was more like moving to the cloud, uh, even legacy apps where there was like heavy legacy hubs, hard to bring them to the user. Think about like, for example, we had a CAD, a card vendor that had a very heavy app, just want to demo it to uh, their uh, customers. And using this technology, they could do it uh, easily. So we, we went with a direction that was not necessarily um, in the mobile, mm-hmm. 
getting back to what I said before, like we had a cool technology, we thought how oh, we can leverage this and so on. And the thing is that as we kind of like uh, did the exploration of this business opportunity, we have building like marketplace for applications. We talked with Adobe, mm -hmm. we had some ID doing something with them around Photoshop. And uh, similar to what I said, mm -hmm. like you can run Photoshop in the cloud and, yeah. and get it to any computer. Finally, they've done this four years or something later with, I think, uh, with uh, Amazon. But at that time, uh, the, the, the software vendor was not like thinking uh, in this direction. And there may be other reasons why um, I think that business model had some issues. Because a lot of like, for example, people are not get used to pay for software as an individual and consumer. And... Uh, these software vendors were not like at that time pushing and feeling the need to move to the cloud. It, uh, it's not uh, urgency, sense of urgency. So we kind of like re-evaluated uh, the strategy for mm -hmm. us, whether we want to leverage or build around the technology or whether we kind of like want to twist the business actually. Mm -hmm. And that was, a, I think, our one of our main and interesting strategy decision in the company. So, so, how, so how did you come to it, right? So that's, it's, it's, uh, a lot of companies go through that, but this is more of a critical point. Where, where in, 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 at, what, at what point was this in the life of Cloud on? The first it, it year? Was, it, was, um, it was about a year, uh, a little bit more than a year. Okay. After we had a pilot working with some of the software vendor, and I talked about Adobe, I talked mm -hmm. about others, get some experience and we had the product but we understand that the business is not so clear there. Uh, so this drove us to discussions about like, you know, what's the direction that we need to take and I think around middle of like, it was 2011 one and a half year about the time we established the company mm -hmm. a little bit. About, we kind of like got to the conclusion that there's a better opportunity for us and we got back to the mobile world. Okay. So one of the reasons for this is that I think that 2010, the iPad was released. Mm -hmm. This was considered like hey, a new thing, a new machine. And at the beginning, it was used for consumption, you know, browsing, mm -hmm. email, etc. But people were starting to think about, hey, that could be also used for creation, for work, because you bring it to your work, you know, mm -hmm. you bring the device to your work and you potentially could do something either at your office or at home for, for, for creation in a sense. So we started with like exploring the thinking of we can do something that related to mobile, related to iPad, related to creation. We did some kind of research and we, did, we thought about, okay, so what app could be interesting here? And we kind of like landed on something that many people are used for let's say, more professional and work use, which is, you know, office. Mm -hmm. um, so um, around that time, we got to the decision to twist the strategy and build a solution that will enable you to run a, a office on, over iPad uh, in kind of like in a seamless way. So that was like the big thing. 
Uh, and obviously, we had to also to build it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it didn't start from scratch. We used our technology, our streaming technology to, to in this solution as well. But we had to tailor it into the mobile environment and to build an iPad app that uh, worked with this uh, streaming protocol to present you a, a local office. Uh, Sweet. Sweet, yeah. So, you know, when this happened, right, so did you raise funds or you, you, you bootstrapped early on? Yeah, so it started like, you know, we had a couple of phases. And we At this point, we already raised funds, yes. And, and when you hit that point in time, right, were your investors on board with you? Were they nervous? Were they like, oh, we trust you, it's okay, come back to us, let us know where you're going? Or they're like, guys, like, you know, come on. You know, what was their, you know, attitude towards that? Yeah, uh, I think it was an interesting discussion. Uh, obviously, the investors liked very much the technology that we had. The streaming part. The streaming part. Okay. So they, they liked the technology. The technology was really, in a, uh, I think, like uh, for that time, was pretty unique and was having a, a clear advantage of uh, being able to you know stream apps uh, over the internet in low latency, high quality. Mm-hmm. So there was value by this technology for you know companies like uh, VMware, Citrix, yeah. etc. Uh, and that was actually a, one of our big options: go focus on doing something with these companies. Um, but I think they they also saw the opportunity, the other opportunity. So it didn't take one day to make a decision. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think over time they kind of like. You know, got to the same alignment with the management team, and uh, and we moved into uh, to this uh, mobile productivity kind of like solution. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, what helps you if you make the right decision, and uh, I'll get to that later. And uh, yeah. so, in a, in a short, we build over six months our solution for for the mobile. Mm-hmm. Uh, and launch it in the beginning yeah, January 2012. Now that's a funny thing because you know you did your research, you have your hypothesis. <laughs> now you are going to open it in the store. Yeah. You don't have a clue what will happen actually. This is the App Store. This is the App Store. We opened first in the US App Store. Okay. Um, and the first day was boom. We didn't do any marketing, anything, and there was like. Gazillions of downloads. <laughs> so, what what attributed to that? Was there PR, like did someone pick up that you're launching today, or was it just like purely organic? Just it, it was purely organic. I think someone was writing about this, but people were shocked because that was a clear pain point. Yeah, I, I agree. Retroactively, it was easy to see that there was a missing piece there because there was no for the iOS environment. There was no solution that looks like this. Uh, so once people saw it and start to use it and start writing about this, it was pre- purely organic. We mm-hmm. didn't know any. Did, did, they, did the app store feature it, or it was better, like just you just had to find it? Like uh, you know, it, it just um, no, they didn't feature it in the beginning, but uh, it just uh, kind of like uh, it, it became sure. the top the number one uh, app in the free app, mm-hmm. the US app store, and in every app store that we opened oh. for for a couple of weeks. So it was pretty like clear that people wanted this. And so the first day was we ended up with not enough servers. We had to 
stop, <laughs> stop the service yeah. and but uh, overcome it obviously and from there the growth in the next you know time for for a couple even like the next years was was pretty stead steady and, um, and was it so two things one is you know were you even like apparently it was so overwhelming that you guys didn't even think it would get that big and I'm sure you when you launched it you had enough you thought you had enough service space I, it was that crazy where it just overloaded everything and you couldn't you couldn't support enough quickly so you had to ramp up yeah and, so and just that. to give something about this at the time that we, when we built the solution we had that kind of like are we going to do this with using more traditional data centers mm-hmm. or go to Amazon AWS mm-hmm. there was no AWS uh, presence in Israel uh, there's something in Europe that supported Israel small team and also there was no many uh, Israeli companies or startups that were using uh, AWS yeah. at the time cloud yeah but we made the decision because we understood that our technology and the way it worked if we want to scale it has to to work with something potentially like a cloud and we went with uh, uh, AWS uh, so the first day we, we planned for the capacity but the first day we, we just find some you know some uh, threshold that we didn't yeah. take into account so it was not difficult to remove it we just like consulted with Amazon and actually over the you know next couple of months I mean year and more we just scale the service in in terms of a number of users but also the geographies Amazon started to uh, when we launched they had only two regions in the US West East Coast and then they started to launch more in the US and more in the Europe and the Far East and we every place that they had uh, a new region we just like opened the up to more mm-hmm. countries and that was fun- fantastically we didn't have a lot of effort I mean like mm-hmm. the effort was moderate to to do this and, and so the scale and the ability to get to users all over the world was uh, working uh, great and the growth was over time we got to something like uh, 10 million uh, registered users in the service and a monthly peak of uh, active users of 1 million and this is this is like uh, you know this is not a game this yeah. is really an app that people are working with it right? was just like they're five minutes in yeah they, they stayed in so you know was it did you focus on enterprise or did but it seems like you focus on consumer to start right the end user did were you enterprise people coming to you or companies coming to you and saying okay is this a solution for the bigger you know companies out there so that's a good question. Um, I think that uh, we kind of like define these users prosumers, you know, it's mm-hmm. a professional consumer. Um, and we were more focusing on the prosumer kind of like population versus businesses. We did think about businesses and talked about uh, businesses, but this was um, something that... Uh, um, required a lot of investment as we think about like building some solution for businesses and um, we decided that what we would like to do is to invest more in ubiquity kind of like um, getting into Android getting into web on top mm-hmm. of uh, iOS yes. and so a lot of our resources were just bringing the solution to all the different ways clients Mm-hmm. Uh, platforms 
uh, which was very demanding in terms of the resources. So we couldn't like allow ourselves to do something that is a business solution at Got the time. It. And so what was the revenue model for it? Was it, you know, freemium to start and then, you know, you get a subscription service as you go along? Yeah. So um, it goes like this. So the, the first thing I want to say is that maybe uh, it's worth mentioning is that we, as part of the solution, we didn't have like a storage of our own. We just... We considered in the beginning, and luckily we decided that's uh, not needed. And so we integrated with storage, cloud storage solutions. So the first one was Dropbox, actually. Mm -hmm. And later uh, uh, we we, uh, did it with uh, uh, Google Drive and OneDrive and so Mm -hmm. on. Um, And the the, the interesting thing is that this also brought them new uh, users uh, because uh, people that wanted to work with our application, needed to create an account in, yeah. let's say, Dropbox. Yeah. So we got to know Dropbox through this. Okay. And uh, this was actually an interesting user for Dropbox as well, because you're talking about iOS users, you're talking about users that use uh, Office, which is a kind of like professional uh, purpose. Uh, so they were very, uh, you know, enthusiastic to, enthusiastic to work with us on and actually did a campaign to get to all the uh, all the uh, iOS users and things like that, which helped us a lot to grow. So we, together with our board, we preferred to focus on the growth. Okay. And you had like a very strong, very strong focus on growth, 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 growth. Um, and we, we you know, I would say. Uh, thoughtfully decided to wait with the monetization. So okay, it was it was intentionally growth over monetization. And, and and if you were driving traffic to Dropbox, they weren't giving you uh, like an affiliate fee. Like they weren't giving. There was like no. Okay, it's you're you're driving. We're just going to give you money because you're doing such a great job marketing for us. There wasn't like it was a strict strict strictly growth. That was your only focus. Yes, we we were at that time thinking about like how can we leverage Dropbox and others to grow, and we also integrated with other solutions, mm-hmm. cloud solution, and you know Box as well, and uh, even had some telecos that mm-hmm. uh, uh, I think it was Deutsche Telekom that was, was some kind of like business engagement. We we're thinking about. Uh, uh, Ways to grow and to to get to uh, this you know high number of uh, users, um, so the monetization came later. At some point, we decided that we we want to start uh, test monetization, and we kind of like yes, we went with the freemium model where mm-hmm. you know just like um, here are the set of features that people would like to pay for them. And, uh, um, but we, we still like uh, targeting like uh, uh, the baseline solution, which yeah. is free for as much as we can grow. And then like obviously convert a certain percentage to, to pay. Got it. All right, so moving on, in, in, you know, Cladon was what, for I think seven years it was? No, Cladon was before. It was more like uh, five plus years. Five plus years. And so at that time, how many, you had, what, 30 employees over that time? Yeah, so we had more, actually. We, at the peak, 
I think we have a close to 40, about okay. like uh, about the same size in Israel in our uh, Bay Area offices. Mm-hmm. But we also had um, big uh, a kind of like offshore activity. Some of it was in Romania, some mm-hmm. of it was India, some of it was in other parts of Europe. Uh, so if you are taking also our offshore uh, in the in, in a, into account, we were crossing the uh, probably at the peak uh, more than fifty and even more. And so you know, how did you you know? It, it goes back to I think what you were earlier saying is, you know, um, leadership and, and working with was it a small team? It's not by any. It's not. I mean, you did a lot with a small team of people spread out, and you accomplished. I mean, a tremendous amount. So I would say one of at least from an engineering perspective, what we tried to do. So we had like a, that was a difficult, you know, the, the pretty complex product to develop and with multiple discipline, and uh, so we bet at least in the beginning a lot of offshore mm-hmm. in order to scale and some of our development. So we started like you know. Doing all the client development in Romania, mm-hmm. doing some of the, um, we had a lot of, let's say, certain type of testing. So we did them in India, and later, um, when we developed the next generation of the product, uh, we collaborated. That's a nice story with the LibreOffice uh, open source community. Mm-hmm. So we kind of like engage with LibreOffice developers in Europe, and uh, so we try to. U- utilize like offshore as a way to scale our ability to to move fast. And I think one of the things were challenging for us as a company was that at some point we decided that we have to do the next generation from business and product reasons, and that was a very big investment. And we had to kind of like support the current the existing product. And invest most of our resources in a next generation product, which was very complex. Which goes to my next question, right? So, yeah. you raised in total, um, I, I would, I think, twenty six million, right? Yeah. But so, there was a first round hard, and if compared to the second and third round, I mean, I guess the second third round was a little bit easier. Was a little bit more momentum going, right? You, yes. you were able to really, guys, look what we're doing. I mean, the jump on board. Exactly. The beginning is always uh, harder. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, you, 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 you again, you, you came from Cisco. You had a pedigree. You, you had, so, but yeah, I mean, first one's always generally hard. Um, were investors lining up and saying, okay, we just love what you're doing. Here's a check. Go do what you need to do, yeah. and, and come back. Or were people like, so was it a little bit more challenging? Where VCs wanted to say, "Okay, now show us monetization." Right? You, we know users want to use the product. Yes. So I would say um, I think that uh, um, the, I think that the beginning is a super hard in in a sense that uh, you don't have enough signals, and uh, it's about. Uh, pitching a vision, it's about the team, it's about uh, connecting to the investors, uh, and so on. Uh, I think our first investment, our first professional investment, was uh, a lot of it was because I think like uh, the direction of the possibility to use this technology was was clearly like something that they can uh, understand. Uh, you know, we're talking about a world where people were thinking about. Um, you know uh, the the usage of virtualization technology for maybe 
having your, you know, PC as a VM and things like mm-hmm. that in work environment. So, and, it, and, and indeed, later that year, in the coming years, there were a couple of like similar uh, companies or startups that were progressing, I think, relevant, similar technologies. So it was a domain that our investors see the potential and can understand the market. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, but it still like required us to show them that the technology is, is superior and to see that we can do something with it. Um, I think the second wave of investment was in, indeed easier uh, because once you get the momentum and you saw the growth, it's, it's kind of like very, uh, uh, very kind of like uh, appealing. And the growth was very... Uh, strong. Very strong, yes. And what was the company culture we're building here, right? With, you know, the different offices in you know, the U.S. And, and Israel. Was it hard to get everybody together? Was it getting everybody on the same board? You know, what were you looking for from employees as well when you brought them on? Like, was there certain attributes that you looked for that everybody played well, or just they're great at what they do and they could be so far out, weird, or eccentric, it doesn't really make a difference? So I think walking in uh, two offices, and in our case, it was a little bit different than the classic Israeli startup where, you know, you find it in Israel and then maybe some of the part of the founder, the CEO, is moving to the US. In mm-hmm. our case, it was actually growing in the parallel in parallel maybe not exactly on par but in parallel uh, and in with different culture in mm. sense. Uh, so uh, obviously I knew the co-founder uh, from Cisco Times and uh, we also had a couple of our Israeli folks tra- uh, relocating to the US office and so on but there was a cultural difference uh, and I think that's clearly was something that we had to manage and we had to uh, uh, deal with. I think there was also advantages from being in two places from the beginning in that way. It helped us with funding, definitely. Mm-hmm. It helped us with business development. Uh, it helped us with getting in, in the face, into kind of like with customers. Uh, you know, even our, our relationship with AWS were, were good, better, I think, because we had like access to uh, U.S. Uh, teams there more easily, uh, but all that right. I think we had a good team in Israel. We we were able to um, to do a lot of work from here and in Europe and India. So we kind of like balance uh, the two sides, uh, and we had to invest the time to work together and overcome the challenges. As you know. When you are a startup, mm-hmm. every day is like mm-hmm. a, you, have out, you have to put out a fire somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. So there's many. So it requires yeah. a lot of uh, patience and uh, you know building relationship. Uh, so so we're gonna keep on moving. So you know, let's talk about Dropbox, right? So Dropbox, pretty much, you backed into Dropbox, right? You, because you weren't doing it in stores, so you needed some yes. you needed partners to say, okay, great, you're using our product, but the only way you can really store your product is by signing up with. So how many how many people were you referring to Dropbox and when that they took notice of you, right? They had to say, okay, you guys. No, had, no, they took notice. That was clear. It, it was clear. Yeah. Was, I, I mean, you, you were driving enough traffic to them, and enough people were saying, "Where are these guys even coming from?" They realized it was coming from 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 you. Yeah, yeah. That, that's as I said, as the, the 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 service was launched, and 
we saw the growth and it was a lot of it was like uh, we've dropped Dropbox was always our you know our uh, biggest po- portion of the user population was Dropbox actually using the Dropbox storage mm-hmm. or creating in the beginning account for Dropbox so uh, and so it was clear the numbers was were good yeah. and was uh, high quality uh, so we started like you know building relationship with the business development there with product with and uh, doing some campaigns together did, did, did they approach you to start this relationship or you know, did you guys go to them saying, listen, you know, we're doing so much, just let's figure ways that we could, you know, piggyback off of you? Uh, I, I think they approached us in the, when they, they, they saw the, the, the synergy coming, yes. And, and from there, it was like, you know, building together things and they, or let's say collaborating together. And did, did they realize, I mean, because again, this is again early, early on somewhat. Did yeah. they realize the market potential? But I should let me phrase it differently. Were they going after these type of users to begin with? Yes, they were. Okay, so yes, they, this type of users is uh, so Dropbox is um, always looked at. You know, um, when you look on what users are actually using Dropbox, premium model, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but who's paying for Dropbox? So paying for Dropbox is mostly you know users that are not necessarily within organization, obviously the business solution, but also like the prosumers, those that are mm-hmm. using Dropbox for their work. So there was a lot of similarity from that perspective. If you think about these people as the people that actually need Dropbox and are willing to pay for Dropbox. Um, so yes, there was a relation or correlation in the population. And, and when, at, what, at what point in time did they start saying to you, okay, you know, we're doing so much work together. <laughs> Maybe it's time to like take it up a notch, right? Let's start, you know, getting more seriously. Yeah. So that was, I mean, like it's coming from two places. So Dropbox, obviously, at that time, that has some, their thoughts about how they want to grow the company, you know, going global. How, how big were they at the time? Oh, it's a good question. I mean, they weren't, because they weren't, I mean, they, they, so they, they weren't that big back I then. Know, they, they I, took, they, I mean, they took a lot of people by surprise. Yeah. I mean, they were a smallish company. Small. I mean, I've been, I've been a user of them for, yeah. I mean, for years and years. But I remember they were not huge in any shape of the imagination. No, they were You know, they weren't a Microsoft, you know, they were, they were, they, were, uh, uh, they had a great product then that, but. Right. You know, Dropbox, Dropbox was like founded. Three years before Clouden, and I remember that at some point I, I looked at their website and see how many people they had at the time. They were in their website. Every every everyone was with his picture, and it was like you know, one hundred people. <laughs> uh, but I don't remember the exact number. But yes, you're always Dropbox is a smaller company that people think that. Yeah. And uh, back then, it's uh, almost four and a half years. Uh, I don't know, 1,000 people. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, not your company, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, so, Dropbox was looking on, you know, growth, going, maybe tapping to talent, uh, looking at going into beyond the US. For us, um, we were like, if you recall, like a, a, when one of the, our, so we, we, we grew the, the solution. We thought that we need to get to the next generation in order to uh, have a, a better product that uh, fits the cloud environment. Uh, but we had also some competitive situation where the market was changing, especially the big change was coming from Microsoft. Microsoft, at some point, 
decided to launch their own solution to the market, uh, Microsoft uh, for iOS. And obviously that's created like uh, a big problem for a startup trying to compete with Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Something that for Microsoft is a core business. It's not yet another product. It's, it's their core business, productivity. So that's put a lot of pressure on us at that time. So we had to look for, you know, how do we collaborate and you know, strengthen a relationship with some of the companies that we were uh, uh, working with. And so we were pushed also to doing something. Uh, Got it. All right, so now you're, 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 you know, Dropbox in Israel. I mean, so you're running the, the team here. And, and are you guys in growth mode now? Sure, yeah, we are growing, definitely. Dropbox is growing. We are growing with Dropbox. Uh, um, so the the short story of us, Dropbox, is that um, uh, I think for 2016, we kind of like got Dropbox launched uh, its uh, set of tools for administration of the Dropbox solution for businesses. There are hundreds of thousands of businesses using Dropbox. Uh, it's called AdminX, and the team in Israel is responsible for this uh, initiative. Mm-hmm. And over time, this part of the business became more and more important for Dropbox, uh, getting into businesses and bigger businesses. And uh, so, so we had to grow and do more stuff, and we are continuing to growing. And uh, we moved offices from Arcelia to here to Israeli Serona. We have a great office here, and uh, we're growing across all board. We are R and D center. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no sales functions in Israel. But this is done from uh, uh, Europe, but uh, uh, there, as an R and D center, we are growing. Uh, we're growing uh, steadily. Now, do you find it hard to be in the bigger company or the multinational company? You know, do you find it a little bit more challenging? Uh, so I think it's different. Uh, I mean, like. I told you I've been like three times in this scenario. <laughs> Except you, you, now you're just on the top of the totem pole. Exactly. Maybe I, now I see more. That's correct. I, I think in Cisco I see more than I saw more than I, I saw in Netflix because I was like maybe more senior than than I was in the beginning. But yes, now as a, someone that was leading the site and building it, I, I kind of like uh, see it all. Um, so I think what what was it's always. An interesting and kind of like challenging to be like a remote site uh, in a, a global company, in this case, U.S. companies. But there is differences. Like if I'm looking on, you know, Cisco is a huge company, uh, very, a lot of uh, R&D centers in the world. Uh, the Israeli center was already established when we were joining, etc. But there were some challenges. You know, we wanted to consolidate things into something bigger like critical mass and so on that was our ambitious to make a difference in in a company that sells tens of billions of uh, dollars mm-hmm. so you had to do something that is significant enough the site in uh, Cisco was mostly composed from uh, acquisitions but that they were doing different things so how do you consolidate it Dropbox was a different thing Dropbox when we joined Dropbox about the same time more or less and the other R&D centers as, uh, uh, in outside of the headquarters were started to establish. So there was one in Seattle, one in New York, and one in Tel Aviv. So Dropbox was very uh, inexperienced with what is a remote site. <laughs> yeah. And it's, again, small, smaller company, more centralized and so on. So there was a lot of learning how to deal with this creature. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, Seattle is the easiest. Same time zone. <laughs> you can fly yeah. and come back in the same day. Then you have New York. It's three hours. <laughs> and then you have, but still American culture. Then you have the Israeli guys that are far away and not the, the same culture. So there was a lot of learning. Especially the, la- the first year was uh, super challenging in terms of, oh, everything was need to be uh, invented. And yeah. we had to think uh, really thoughtfully how we make it work in an effective way. And it took the time. Yeah. Uh, but over time, the company learned how to do this. And I think it's clear that if you want to be a successful uh, global company, you have to know how to grow. Uh, you have to do this across multiple sites. Just look at what's happening in Israel in the last couple of years. It's amazing. The multinational companies, there's more than 300. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing number. And it's growing. Yeah. And not only from the U.S. There is like from the Far East, from, from Europe, from everywhere, everywhere. And also not just, you know, the classical company, but there's also cars companies and uh, things that were not here before. So it's something that uh, you have to do it if you want to be in the game. Correct. And well, um, you know, we're going we're gonna to wind down. It's a couple more questions. And this is, we're shifting now again. What did you want to be when you were 15? <laughs> this is going way back. Um, I, that's something that I'm trying to think about <laughs> time to time. Uh, I always had passion to science, uh, also today. So maybe I was thinking myself more as a scientist. Uh, physics, maybe. Got it. Um, yeah. And is there something on the productivity side that you do, that you use outside of Dropbox <laughs> to be more productive? As, so that's you know. an area that I'm super passionate about. Okay. Uh, actually, if you touch something that I like to talk about, <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, it, that's also true for how Dropbox works in the world, but also myself. Like, I think that how is the work environment going to look like in uh, 10 years? You know, there's so, so many, the technology is influencing a lot of the work environment and we are more trivial and moving to software. So over time, uh, it means that we, we, we are dealing with what would be our uh, kind of like uh, role and function in the, in the work environment in the future. And if we understand this, what kind of tools we need to develop, what kind of skills we need to develop, and that's an area that I'm, I'm really, uh, you know, thinking a lot about. And uh, maybe this would be in the next series. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. Um, you know, is the, the last thing is, you know, is there a habit that you do on a daily basis to keep you focused, to keep you, you know, on top of your, you know, game in a sense? The habit, you mean? Uh, habit. It could be, you know, it could be, you know. Sure. Um, couple of things. That's what I like reading. Uh, that's mm-hmm. something that uh, now with Kindle and Audible uh, solutions, so I changed the, the the interface, but this is something that I still uh, like to do. Um, and uh, I think last year I moved to you know, a house with a garden, so now <laughs> I became like, I'm interested in trees. You have a green and, thumb. And, you know, citrus, yeah. and fruits, and everything related to this makes me to see that nature, how nature is walking. And so I, I like to spend some time around this. And Excellent. And, and, so. and, and besides the plugged in podcast, do you listen to podcasts in general or you just audibles your, your de facto 
Yeah, mostly, uh, yeah, I mostly got to more like the uh, listen to audibles. Uh, I kind of like, uh, uh, mostly I, I kind of like, I don't, m not less novels, but rather more like, you uh, know, science mm -hmm. or management uh, yeah. stuff, <laughs> so. things like that. Uh, yeah, most of the, my time is there. Uh, Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you taking time out of your sure. busy schedule. It was great to hear the story of, you know, how you got the Dropbox and what you guys are doing here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Love this episode of the Plugged In Podcast? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you for listening to C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.